Hello, and welcome to ROE 17 Pod. My name is Molly Allen, and I am the Assistant Regional Superintendent of Schools for ROE 17. Today on the pod, our guest is Sarah Welch, who works as a reading recovery specialist at Northwest Elementary for Lincoln Elementary School District in Logan County. Welcome, Sarah. Hi. Thanks for being here. Um, For a little background for our audience, can you share what inspired you to get into education and what grades and subjects have you taught? So when I first went to college, you know, that's when everyone knows what they're going to do. I had no idea. I just knew I needed to go. So I did the gen eds and then I worked as a day camp counselor in the summer and my car had broken down and talking and she's like, you know, what are you majoring in? And I was like, oh, I don't know. And she was like, you'd make a great teacher. And I'm like, huh, (laughs) I'm working with kids. I had babysat as soon as I could, you know, and I was 12, 13 and I was, everything just made sense. So then when I went back that fall, I declared early childhood education as my major and went from there really. So I started teaching pre-K in 2004 and stayed in pre-K until 2010. We had some budget cuts and my room was closed. So thankfully I was tenured and the first grade teacher in my, in my building was not, unfortunately. So I kind of slid right into her spot and I didn't want to teach first grade. I did not like my first grade teacher. So I'm like, this is going to be horrible, but come to find out that's, that's my sweet spot. So I stayed, so I started there in 2010 and then in about 2014, my principal, Krista Healy, said, hey, do you want to train in reading recovery? And I, I knew what reading recovery was because I had worked with a, you know, our specialist in our building, Angela. And I just thought it was kind of a one-year thing. I would learn more things to help my students within my room. Well, so when we were training, I trained at Unit 5 with Lori Stevens. And I would do morning classroom stuff, core math, core reading with my class. Then I would train in reading recovery in the afternoon. I would be either working with kids one-on-one or I'd be in Bloomington training. And we ended up doing that for five years, kind of co-teaching. So Angela would teach at Central. She would do reading recovery in the morning there. And then when I did my reading recovery in the afternoon, we would kind of flip-flop. So the kids got two teachers, which was fine. And then I came to Northwest where I'm at currently in 2019 when their retirement opened up as just a reading recovery specialist. So that's great. I think that's everything. You offer both reading recovery and letters. I was a building principal that was highly supportive of reading recovery. And now I've actually become a letters facilitator. So I'm very curious about your experience. So if you could tell us about these programs and which students get which programs and. Yeah. So reading recovery is, it's a very specialized program for first graders, as you know, and it's, one-on-one instruction for about 20 weeks. That's kind of the goal, promote those literacy skills and just foster the reading development and the writing strategies. And those plans are very individualized. I can't, I can kind of plan ahead as far as where I want them to go, but it's a day-by-day plan. We don't know what we have to untangle. We don't know where confusions lie. Sometimes they just pop up. And so then we will address that. Letters is not a, a program like that. It's more of professional development for teachers. 
And honestly, I don't know why we didn't learn this stuff in college. It, it just goes so far deep into why things are spelled the way they are and why, you know, different patterns come out. And you think there's all these tricky words and really there aren't as many as we think. We just don't know. We didn't know why until now. And so letters just basically gives us the best knowledge that we can have to focus on our students. Basically, we're talking more about phonemic awareness and phonics, which is huge. Yes. Especially in first grade. Yeah. You explained (laughs) some complicated things very clearly. Thank you. Oh, okay. Good. When you think about the importance, I think we as a society recognize, you know, reading is really important, but what does that actually mean for families? How can families encourage their students to really improve reading and comprehension at home? What can parents do? So really just making time for reading at home, whether it be right before bed, putting that in your routine right after school. It's whatever works for your family because every family is different. Everyone's going to baseball practice or basketball. Just make it consistent. So if you're putting your kids to bed every night, take that five minutes and read them a book. Be a reading role model for your kids. If they see you reading, they're going to want to read. Mm -hmm. They're going to want to snuggle up with you. You know, it's quiet. It's calm. They crave that just as much as you do. Another idea is just to make it fun. Put in those voices when you're reading to um, ask them, you know, to kind of partake and put their, you know, added personality in there. And then when you're talking about comprehension, you're just talking about the story. Ask them what happened. And you could even do that on a car ride. You know, what you read the night before. Oh, tell me about that. What happened? Why did, you know, the boy cry or whatever it is asking them questions. Another simple thing that I think we forget about now is just going to the library. Mm-hmm. I, so many times I go in there and the library is empty and it's like, there are all these books literally waiting for you to take, take, take them home. And the biggest thing I've heard lately, nursery rhymes. Kids don't know who Mother Goose is. And just having those rhymes and get them going for reading and in such a big way. And it's so important. So and you can even do rhyming games in the car too. Like what rhymes with cat once they understand the concept. Oh, that's great. And, you know, I will say even as a parent, I found we don't do it as much now because my kids are a little bit older, but in the chaos of mornings, like mornings would be so crazy to get them to like eat breakfast and brush teeth and get all that, that we would do breakfast stories where I would sit and read them a book at the kitchen table while they were eating their breakfast because it actually got them to focus a little bit and (laughs) got us out the door a little bit sooner (laughs) and got them Right. story. And what a great way to start your day. Yes. Like they've left the house with this story. No one's arguing about hair and you know, they're just, I think there's still some day. hair That's arguments, all. but <laughs> there will always be hair arguments. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Sarah, thank you so much for your time. And I think this is such a great example of things that families can do and also kind of an understanding. Cause I know, you know, some as a parent, when you're supporting your child, becoming a reader, it can feel a little more complicated. So I think you really explained it well and how to be a supportive cheerleader for our kids as readers and our libraries, right? Got to love your library. Yes, Yes, go there. (laughs) I reserve books online. That's like my saving grace is I can reserve them online and then just go pick them up. It's amazing. Yeah. As a child of the card catalog, I really appreciate it. So, well, (laughs) Sarah, thanks again. And we look forward to sharing your story. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us for another episode of ROE17 Pod. To learn more about ROE17, please visit 
www.roe17.org or follow us on our social media channels. ROE17Pod is produced and edited by Victoria Padilla. We hope that you join us for our next episode.